Chiefs Buffalo Sunday at 530. Don't forget Sunday loaded day. I'll be on from nine until noon. And then immediately following me from noon until three is Chris Nucero and Jay Beakley, who do the Character Concerns podcast. Make sure you're listening to that, especially as we get more and more and more in depth into the year and draft picks are going to start falling into place. Uh, Jay Beakley has the Chiefs trading up to number three to acquire Marvin Harrison Jr. You heard it first on After Hours. Jay Beakley, welcome to the show. <laughs> I wish, Dustin, man. I wish. <laughs> Dude, uh, would you rather have Marvin Harrison Jr. or Brock Bowers? Oh, man, it's a tough one. I know. Um, That's why I asked. Choosing between two Hall of Famers. Shut up. You think both are going to make the Hall of Fame? I think there's an outside chance. Sure. I'm just saying yeah, yeah. you don't. You don't put anything. Uh, I feel like Brock Bowers is your. Guys. I feel like Brock is like your guy. Like he's the kind of guy that's going to chug beers with you, go up the middle, be the next Travis Kelsey type of tight end. But again, I think Marvin Harrison's also a guy you like because he's just he's just like his dad. Yeah, man, I take them both, man. I think well, they're going to be game changers. I think they're <laughs> going to be both top five. I think Brock Bowers would probably go like fifth, fifth, sixth, no, no, no lower than that, and. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., I think we'll look back at this draft, and you'll talk about it. And like the one with Eric Fisher, that draft, I think we'll talk about this one and say, man, look at all those guys uh, that were drafted. We've had some drafts where, you know, you have four Hall of Famers out of the top five. Yeah, and you look at this year's tight end draft, mercy. Was that not oh. a great year for draft a tight end this year? It's a great year to draft a receiver. This is going to be known as the receiver draft. Uh, the record is seven mm-hmm. uh, back in uh, 2004. They're going to beat that this year with 2,000 and with eight receivers taking the first round. And we're going to look back at this and think, all right, this is the year of receiver draft. Okay. I love that. Um, Binkley, speaking of the draft, I thought Sean Barber brought up a good point this morning on the round table. And he has a theory that Josh Allen could have came out in that draft that had Watson, Mahomes, and Trubisky, but elected not to and go back a year and play at Wyoming so that he could go a little bit higher. True or no true to that theory? Who knows? I mean, who knows if that's what they, I mean, he left three years after going to Wyoming, so um, I would have to go back and look at that. But um, I, I thought he left after his junior year. I don't know. Because, like, the next year, his guys he like – He went to Juco before, but I don't think he did, did he? I don't know. That's just what, that's just what Sean Barber said. And he just – he had a whole notebook written out, and he's like, yeah, the next draft class was, like, Deshaun Kaiser, like, all these well, other guys. He, he, he only played three years at Wyoming, so that so, means he had to go to JUCO before that. I didn't realize he did, but I think uh-huh. he did go to JUCO before that. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not gonna not gonna say anything on that because I don't know. I just know he played only three years uh, when he was at Wyoming. But that's a yeah. good theory, yeah. and that's what a lot of guys do. You know, look at name, image, and likeness. It's changing mm-hmm. kind of how things are done. You know, guys are going back to school. They're staying there a little bit longer. And uh, oh, he did go to junior college, so he did go ah, to JUCO. Okay. So he went to Juco and spent three years in Wyoming. So, yes, he could have come out. Yeah. Um, my next Josh Allen question to you is, I'm sure you're familiar, you have kids, of the term cringe, right? Like, it, it just, like, it makes you, like, eh, like, you want to like Josh Allen. Like, I, I, I still think that Josh Allen is, like, a video game prototype of what you want your quarterback to be. Big, strong, fast, arm, accuracy, tough. But, like, he does these things, Binkley, 
that other quarterbacks don't do where he'll go through a stretch where you're like, this is Josh Allen. Like he's good. He's good. And then he does like that fake slide. He does the flops more than anybody else. I'm not trying to be a biased guy here, but he just seems to be a guy that'll, he's a little bit more uh, charismatic when it comes to like, you know, barely getting brushed up on. And you remember the AFC championship game, he throws the football into a chiefs defender's face when he's pouting on the field. Is there a reason like why he's this way or is that the fair assessment to have on somebody like Josh Allen? He's a little cringy. I mean, there's times like that. I mean, it just, the, the narrative always changes on him. It's always to me is like the narrative changes. It depends. <laughs> I mean, you build him up however you want, like the national media, like there's some weeks, Oh man, it's Josh Allen, the MVP. Then there's other weeks. Oh my God. He turns the ball over every time he's turned the ball over more since he's been in the league than anybody else. And the narrative changes literally like every week. If you look back at this year, what people have said about Josh Allen, it's like he's great, and then he turns the ball over too much. And then when they win games, it's because he's great. And then when they lose games, it's because he turns the ball over too much. And he went through both highs and lows this year, how people uh, perceive him. So I think Josh Allen's one of those uh, beauty in the eye of the beholder. Um, you'll get people defending him or taking him down. You get both with this dude. You think the league, like the players in the league, all have the same opinion on Josh Allen? Because like, you look at that play against Pittsburgh, man. Like that's like we were kind of thrown around this morning. It seems kind of bush league, man. Like quarterbacks yeah. are so well protected in this league today that, yeah. and, and even Mahomes gets. You know, we we know it. We're not we're not looking at everything with rose colored glasses or being homers here. Like, Mahomes gets calls, right? Like there's times where Mahomes will be like, you're like, eh, it's a little soft, but you know, you'll take it if it's on your team. But like. The fake slide, man, that led to like a 55-yard touchdown run. Like all three of the defenders around Josh Allen just gave yeah. up. Like I feel like if that's if the, if that happens again, like a fake slide, and let's say Nick Bolton's there and Nick Bolton just lights him up, the refs are going to be like, "Look, man, like you're kind of on record of doing this, and like we can't really call that." Yeah, they need to do something about it, and hopefully they'll do something with the competition committee because you know when quarterbacks fake going out of bounds, but they stay in it. Right. Or a fake slide like Josh Allen. I mean, it's all about the protection of the player. I mean, they're all trying to protect the quarterback and what he does. But if the quarterback's going to deep the defense out that he's not really going down, then don't cry when the defense sits there and lights up the quarterback and he's got to leave the game because he was just destroyed right. on the football field. It's very hypocritical of these officials to do that. But they need to look at it. And they need to decide, okay, we're going to do player safety for the quarterbacks. They, they Let them choose. What do you want? Player safety for the quarterbacks. Or do you want them to say, hey, if a quarterback does this, it's 15 yards the other way. Yeah, I like that. Like contact, and we're taking this back 15 yards, and it's a loss of down. It's like you know, you know, intentional grounding, whatever, and you lose it yeah. down because you can't have that. Like you can't cry about player safety and getting hit late, and you know, all quarterbacks do that, and you know, and they talk about you know being hit late and all that. Well, they can't do that if they're going to sit there and beat the defense out. Yeah, I I think. I'm starting to get a little bit uh, of a clearer picture of kind of how I see this game kind of turn out Saturday afternoon. I'll probably have a, a really good mindset of what I think this game can be. I've seen predictions. I've seen, you know, people talk about it, but this is, this was the original rivalry of the AFC of the Mahomes era, right? Like now it's kind of Cincinnati, Kansas city. Unfortunately, we didn't get the Joe Burrow this year, but you know, you'll take the, you know, the runner up and, it, and that's, it's, it's Buffalo, right? This is a, uh, this is a game that like, it seems, and this is where the picture will become more and more clear, but it seems like, and maybe this, I'm wrong. I'm, I'm not trying to say that, you know, I'm over here like rah-rah for the Chiefs. Seems like there's a lot more pressure on Buffalo 
to win this game than there is for the Chiefs, yet Buffalo is the favorite. There's pressure. They finally get a home game in the playoffs against the Chiefs. There's pressure. They have everything going against them next year from cap to roster to everything like that. There's pressure. And you look at this. Is this is this the is this the end of the window, right? Like Tennessee, they were a one seed. They were a playoff team. Their coach is gone. Their team is over. You look at uh, Buffalo this year, it just seems like there's a lot more pressure riding on the side of the Buffalo Bills than maybe the Kansas City Chiefs, and maybe I'm wrong. No, you're 100% right. The pressure is there. This was a team that, that many people looked at the window closing. And I know a lot of people nationally look at this Bills team because they, they're the ultimate Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I mean, put it this way. It goes down to the final week. Well, they're either out of the playoffs or the two seed. That is insane that that happened in the NFL where you're the two seed or out of the playoffs. But then, you know, they changed offensive coordinators in the middle of the year. People are wondering about Sean McDermott's uh, uh, job, if he's going to still have his job. This team was bad the first week of the season. They lost to Zach Wilson because Aaron Rodgers gets hurt right after, what, four plays in that game. They essentially lost that game to Zach Wilson. People are like, okay, what's going on here? Buffalo lost to them, and they shouldn't have. And then, okay, they look great. Oh, then they go to London and get beat by the Jaguars, and they suck again. And then people wonder, are they even going to make the playoffs? And they play good. Then they beat the Chiefs and the Cowboys. Ooh, people think they're on top of the mountain. Then they go out and barely beat the Chargers. Goes down to the last minute, a team that just gave up 63 to the Raiders, the most points they ever scored the week before. Fired their coach, and they almost beat the Buffalo Bills. That's kind of like, all right, what's wrong with this team? They are the ultimate Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but the pressure is all on them. The Chiefs are dancing in their heads like Fred Astaire. And they've been dancing in their heads since that 13 seconds. It's all they bring up. They bring it up all the time. If you go to radio on Buffalo, they will tell you, uh, what, what about the 13 seconds? You say, who cares about that? The Bengals are the team the Chiefs want to beat. I mean, Buffalo's fine. I mean, yeah, you want to beat Buffalo and all your rivals. But Buffalo values the Chiefs much more than they do them. And that's what happens when you lose twice to them in the playoffs. That's what happens when you're trying to hold on to that window being open like Buffalo is. Because this thing's about to collapse. Uh, for that team. They need to win, and they need to win now. Chiefs have two rings. Mahomes has two MVPs. The Buffalo Bills have nothing, and they've got no guarantees. Even beating the Chiefs, they got to go probably beat Baltimore to go to the Super Bowl and then have to beat San Francisco once they get there. So it's still going to be tough. I mean, the mountain's still high for that team, but the Chiefs have been dancing in their head ever since that game back in uh, 2021. How much do you remember about that 94 game when uh... – Obviously, Buffalo was that team, and everybody had to travel to Buffalo in those mid-'90s, at least four years in a row almost, that you had to go to Buffalo to play those games to get to the Super Bowl, and Buffalo would you know, be victorious in four consecutive AFC Championship games. But in that 94 game, I believe the AFC Championship game, Montana left on the field you know, motionless. Dave Craig steps in. Uh, it's kind of a flip in franchises 20 year, or 30 years later. I mean, it's bad. I mean, that was the only uh, one of my lifetime. Yeah. Like, the only time they made the AFC title game in my lifetime. They won down in Houston. Um, then they get to go up to Buffalo. And then that was the last. I mean, there was a 22-year gap after that uh, where they won a playoff game. I mean, it was crazy. Uh, the fact that uh, I remember going to a graduation parties of kids. I was looking. I'm going, hey, they weren't even alive the last time the Chiefs won a playoff game. I mean, a nice 22-year gap where they never won a playoff game. But I remember that Buffalo game and how exciting it was. The Chiefs go all the way to the AFC title game. And then it looked like good. Like, you know, Carl Peterson brings in Joe Montana. And he brings in Marcus Allen. And you, you have a reason. It's like, oh, you look at this defense. And they brought in the right offensive guys. They did the right things through free agency. And there was a lot of excitement. But then that Bills team was so good, man. Jim Kelly, a quarterback, and Thurman Thomas, and Andre Reid, and how good that team was. 
And, yeah, I mean, that, that team was a, a juggernaut. That team was a monster. And without a, uh, a, a kick that uh, went uh, – when errant, they would have at least one ring and be kind of like the Atlanta Braves were for the longest time, being a good team and you know winning at least one championship, even though they won two now. But uh, yeah, I remember those times. I remember that game in Buffalo, and man, that was like the only one I'd ever seen. Right. Uh, well, we'll get to see uh, Chiefs Buffalo in another divisional round on Sunday at five thirty. You'll do a show from I believe twelve to three. So get some rest and get geared up for uh, one of the longest days of your life on Sunday uh, this weekend. Sounds good, Dustman. Can't wait. Hopefully Mahomes will shut everybody up talking about the can he play on the road. Yeah, no kidding, right? It just it's you it's, realize like every one of his numbers is better on the road than at oh, home. Oh, I I saw your tweet this morning. I was like, I knew Beakley had something he was ready to fire oh. off and I saw like he's literally like, every category is better on the road than at home. Ugh, it's just it it's it's weird how we have dementia every year in the NFL where every, like Dan Arlovsky, yeah. your boy, said that Mahomes is the third most feared quarterback in the NFL playoffs yeah. right now. And the funny thing is, you can look at the standings this year: six and two on the road, and five and four at home in the regular season. It's kind of like, okay, yeah, we just on, throw, yeah, we just throw everything out of the way. Well, I'll see you on <laughs> Sunday, man. Years. I'll talk to you on Sunday, and uh, you know, enjoy the weekend and uh, get some rest, and we'll we'll be ready to go on Sunday. Best man, Nathan. We'll talk to you guys soon. I uh, look forward to seeing you Sunday, Dusty. All right, brother. Take care, Thanks, baby. Bye. Bye. Jay Binkley at Three Guys in the Garage. Character Concerns Podcast, like we said, twelve to three on Sunday, and then again, he'll do the Arrowhead Pride post game show. Immediately following that, one thing we do every single Friday night, when you are not somebody that is well-perceived or you do something wrong, you get considered a Richard. Can't say the word on the air, but Richard of the Week is on the other side. For Nathan Dusty Likens, you're listening to After Hours of 610 Sports Radio.